Hi, this is Erica. Thanks for joining me today for another season of Leadership on the Ground. In this season, we are covering the timing of leadership, which is all about answering the question of when. Time is a precious resource, a non-renewable resource. So learning how to use it, leverage it, and turbocharge it in our life and in our career can be a game changer. Okay, let's get started. You are listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 7, The Timing of Leadership. Throughout the previous six seasons of Leadership on the Ground, we've covered the essential basics of leadership in the 21st century, leading in real time, and the rhythm, tensions, realities, and the context of leadership. So for this new season, we cover the critical discussions around the timing of leadership, which is all about answering the question of when. Learning how to use, leverage, and turbocharge time will be a game changer for you and your organization. And now, here are your hosts, Erica Pietler and Todd Schnick. All right. Good morning and welcome back to Episode 5, The Strategy of Time. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Peeler. Good morning, my friend. So we've already talked about staging and sequencing and prioritizing, and that all sounds eh, sounds pretty smart and pretty strategic. But I imagine there's something bigger here from a strategy standpoint with time. I mean, first of all, I worry that people don't even know how to define strategy. You get 10 different answers if you ask 10 different people and they still think some of them are tactics. Anyway, go into that for us, please. Yeah, I know. I think it's a good entry point. I think strategy and time really are important to get a handle on if you're a leader. And yeah, staging, sequencing, prioritizing, they are a part of it. But strategy, if I were going to give you a definition, the one that I like, and I agree that most people don't have a good one, but here's my definition of it. It's not just about doing something in the marketplace. It's about creating a competitive advantage for your organization. Some people talk about it as, you know, where to play and how to win. But most importantly, it's about winning, getting market share, getting new users, getting loyalty, like being able to measure a win and a win at this time. So being able to measure it is really, really important. Doing any action at all is just you doing an operational move for your organization. Strategy is doing a move that matters, makes a difference, and takes away from someone else as you start to build advantage in that area. So that's the basic definition. Got it. Yeah. I'm still stunned, Erica, by how many people think these tactical tools are are actually strategy. Anyway, thinking more about that, I suspect if I know you, you probably have a model that would help (laughs) us really, really get a better understanding of what you're talking about here. You know, I'm kind of excited because I actually, I really do have a model and it's it's a newer model. It's something that, you know, that I've been playing with lately, but it's four quadrants. So, you know, if you're at home, imagine four quadrants and I'll draw it with you in real time here. In the upper right-hand quadrant is the word foresight. And when you have foresight, you know, you're looking ahead and you're looking at potential marketplace and life cycle dynamics. You're looking at leading and and lagging indicators. You're looking at trends. You're reading the newspaper, understanding what shakeups are having, are happening, announcements. You're putting together a picture of context and timing. Where are things going? Why are things happening? And when are they happening? Foresight is the ability and almost like a predictive skill to put things together. When organizations or people practice investing time in foresight, 
80% of the time, they have a likelihood of making a move that could be a win. They have the, the likelihood to make a move that could be a win. 80% if you put that type of focus. Now, let's go over to the top left, insight. When you have an insight, you got a hunch, you got some things that maybe other people don't have. You're putting some pieces together and you say, hmm, I feel like there's something brewing here. But some people just stop at an insight. You may have a 50-50 chance of being ahead of the competition if you did something with your insight. So the difference between insight and foresight are really, really powerful. We get insights all the time. That's a first link. That's like two pieces of information coming together going, wow, that's like kind of interesting. That's a trigger that there's a foresight possible here. Exactly. Okay. It's exactly right. It's a trigger. But you got to really translate it into something more meaningful. That's where leaders need to live. They need to live at the top part of this four quadrant chart in insight and foresight. And by the way, this isn't a natural thing. You know, we talked about MBTI. Most people like to live in the linear world of like, you know, just step by step. This is the intuitive world of trying to put some pieces together. But let's talk about the really scary part of strategy, which is at the bottom of this four quadrant chart. Unfortunately, a lot of stuff happens out in the marketplace. We're oblivious to it. We're not aware of it until we see it on a shelf and we go, wow, that's a really great idea. That's hindsight. That's like, you know, 2020. It's like, I had that idea 20 years ago and now I see that on the shelf. So 100% likelihood that you missed it, right? Or you could be blindsided. You didn't even have a chance to get in the game. It just happened and went by and you didn't even see it. Hindsight and blindsidedness are two dangerous areas to play in. And if your altitude is too low, if you're not looking outside and thinking about the timing of the marketplace and what's happening in the marketplace, the context, you're going to be blindsided and you're going to live in 2020 hindsight a lot of the time. We want leaders to be thinking about the insights and the foresights. That's how you use the strategy of time. Well, then with that foundation uh, operating in this on the top half of that quadrant, the insight slash foresight side, then it begins to speak to my next question of you is uh, knowing when to act and when not to act. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great one, right? Because you may start to put together some pieces and you may have some foresight. Then you got to kind of put it through a filter and say, all right, I see it. Is it a time to be proactive? Is it a time to be responsive? Is it a time to be reactive? What's my risk tolerance? Do I want to be a first mover? Do I want to be out there? I have the foresight. I may be able to get there, but do I really want to create that market or create that opportunity? Or would I like someone else to kind of be the first mover? I want to be a fast follower. Maybe I like my chances of being better once I kind of flush out and see how things go. Or maybe I'm going to be a reactive laggard. You know, I can still have the insight and say, yeah, a lot of people are going to be coming out with, uh, you know, these handheld devices, these smartphones, but I'm not Apple and I'm not Samsung. You know, I'm going to be somebody else. I'm going to be Google. <laughs> we know right. what happened to them. But, you know, you got you to gotta understand, like, when can you be better? When do you want to be first? And those are those market dynamics and timing that need to be in consideration. What's great about the strategy of time and what's great about this model is it at least focuses you on playing the game and getting in the game. Now, you can choose to do it. You can choose not to act on it. But you want to be at least in a position where you're at choice. And you're only a choice when you have foresight and insight. Blindsided and hindsight is no choice, really. Well, not acting is a strategic move. Yes, it is. But you have to be sure that you know that's the right time not to move versus being afraid to move. And that's because you're operating from, from blindsight. Exactly. And not choosing to do something, if it's a conscious decision to not do it, is great. But to say that, yeah, we didn't do it because we didn't think about doing it, that's not strategic. That's mm. just silly. Mm. 
I'll be thinking about your four quadrants here for a while. It's a game-changing <laughs> uh, way to understand the strategy of time. Great stuff. All right, Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This season is made possible by Leadership Rigor, the leadership development framework founded and facilitated by Erica Peeler. Erica Peetler teaches breakthrough performance and productivity strategies for how to lead yourself, lead teams, and lead at the organizational level. Everything you think you know about leadership will be turned upside down. Leadership rigor can be experienced through reading the international best-selling book, engaging in one-on-one coaching, or creating a customized team or organizational leadership journey. To achieve breakthrough performance and productivity, visit ericapeetler.com to learn more. That's ericapeetler.com. All right, I am back with Erica Peetler in the strategy of time. So when uh, you talk about strategy, Erica, it makes me also think of planning. So walk us through how timing and long-term or even short-term planning look today uh, with regards to this. Yeah, well, that's a great link because you're right. Strategy and planning are linked together. And let's look at that for a minute, short-term and long-term, because the one thing that is true for both of those is they are dramatically changing. You know, what we used to think of as short-term and long-term are very different today than they were even five years ago. The speed of business has changed that so dramatically. You know, short term used to be a year to three years. Now it's today, next week, this quarter, and a year almost feels a little on the long side of short term. You know, longer term used to be five to 10 year plans. I mean, like when I was doing some strategic work, you know, we would be looking over a five to 10 year period. Today, if you're going out more than three years, you're crazy, right? Because who knows what's going to happen at the end of uh, three years. The other thing is, I think we've lost midterm. You know, I think there's today, and then I think there's something else called whatever term, maybe longer term, but we've lost the midterm. So planning cycles have shrunk, which means the speed of business is quicker and quicker. So our strategy around time needs to be so much more agile, so much more alert, and so much more mindful about missing things, missing those entry points, and potentially being disruptive when or disrupted when we're not even watching. So the concept of strategy and planning, if you're a senior leader, your timing around that has gotten a lot faster and a lot more risk has been put on the table. Any counsel there on how to draw that fine line? Because before we went on the air, we were talking about the markets, you and I, and, and you know, I worry about those organizations that have to deal with these quarterly reports, right? And so there's a lot of pressure on them to make short-term decisions to affect that positively at the expense of long-term. How do you manage that? How do you prioritize how you should invest your time on thinking short-term versus long-term? You know, it's a great question. I spent quite a bit of time when I was uh, leading an organization in Canada on that, so much so that I literally decided that they sabotage each other when you try to do them together. There is no way you can do short-term operations and long-term strategic planning at the same time. So I used to have like separate meetings, but you know, what we find today in, in a lot of corporate environments still is, you know, it's like a, it's an annual event still, you know, it's like, let's go off for that strategic planning piece. Really strategic planning needs to be integrated more on a daily and regular basis. And, you know, back to last season, the context of strategy needs to be with us all the time. It's not something that's off in the distance. It's what is our strategy and do we understand why we are doing what we are doing and we're clear about it. If we don't keep that timely and clear, we lose sight of it. That's when people get out of context and out of direction. We got to keep that really timely and focused. 
And it also makes me think back to that quadrant, uh, the foresight. If you're focusing on that corner of the quadrant, uh, you'll always be lending an eye towards that strategic long-term thinking, right? Exactly. And looking outside, you know, I mean, foresight is stimulated by your external dynamics of synthesizing and making sense of the world around you. That's what foresight is really about. And the world around you is not what the world is in the four corners of your office. The world around you is far bigger than that. And that's the role of leaders to like look outside and bring that in. When you first mentioned that we would be talking about the strategy of time, I I started thinking about sports. And Mm -hmm. you always hear about the coach managed the clock well, or he poorly managed the clock. So talk about strategy and time as it relates to sports and and that managing the clock. I suspect there's parallels in business. Yeah, managing the clock and and this whole concept of time, it, it applies to sports, it applies to business, it applies to life. You know, sometimes we take a time out from work, we take a sabbatical, we take a break. A lot of people that I meet in business try to run out the clock, meaning I'll just coast for the next five years or so before I retire. We don't get that as much anymore. You can't really run out the clock in today's environment, right? Because people really, even in large corporations, you know, they don't renew contracts for a lot of executives over the age of 50 or 55 because they want to make sure that they're bringing in young blood and they want to avoid that. So, you know, the biggest thing that I advise companies on is be really thoughtful about time and strategy and succession planning. You know, your people and their plans for the future are really important. And you have to make sure that you're looking short term and longer term, meaning, you know, you're giving your high productive talent shifts and stretches as often as you can. And you're doing some longer term preparation and planning for their future and different roles that they're going to play. Most organizations do an annual plan, but most talent is in their head, at least. Most of these millennials and even Gen Xers, they're like, I'm ready now. You know, give me the opportunity now. So organizations really need to think about the clock and managing it in terms of how quickly can we get people to ready now? And then if people feel that they are ready now, are we ready now to take the risk or risk losing them, right? So we have to manage the clock because the clock is a two-way thing. It's their patience versus our risk tolerance. And we have to be able to manage both of those if we're really going to realize the potential talent in our organization. All right. Lots to think about there. Great, great stuff. Okay. That's all the time for today. Next week, we're going to talk about the time of your life and career. Erica, before we go, should anyone have any questions, how do they find you? You can reach out to me at erica at ericapetler.com. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, and once again, Leadership Riggers on amazon.com. Todd and Erica signing off for today. We look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you then. 